Perfect. So we've learned that we've got a child with pyloristenosis, so we're moving on to the management. So what what are the different facets of management of these these babies? Well, the first thing that most most of us would say is that it's not a surgical emergency. Um, and generally, we, as with lots of things in, involving surgery, a period of resuscitation is preoperatively is the most important thing in, in dictating your outcome, mm-hmm. outcome from your operation. So these children um, represent a, a surgical issue that needs to be resolved, but they need to have their alkalosis um, and their biochemical derangement resolved first. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take a baby to theatre with, with, with an elevated bicarbonate, then the likelihood is when the anaesthetist tries to wake them up, they won't breathe um, due to central depression of the respiratory system from the pre-existing um, alkalosis prior to the surgery, and they tend to suffer a lot from apneas. So we need to correct the acid-base imbalance before we go to theatre. Mm-hmm. And we generally do that with, with slightly more aggressive fluid resuscitation over time than, than we would do for normal maintenance. Yeah. So what would you recommend as the fluid treatment protocol? So it differs from centre to centre a little bit, um, but generally you, you'd find most places will give 150 ml per kilo per day um, of 0.9% uh, saline and 5% dextrose, because yep. um, children of that age need the dextrose. Um, With 20 mils, millimoles of potassium. Yeah, so, so depending on how much volume you're giving, so if you, you would give probably 10 millimoles of potassium in a 500 bag or 20 millimoles if you're talking about litres of solution. Mm-hmm. We we tend to use 500 mil bags in, in children so our argument's sake we would call it 10 millimoles of potassium um, most of these babies if not all of these babies will need the potassium uh, potassium supplementation mm-hmm. we'll also um, place a nasogastric tube particularly if the baby's vomiting when they come into A&E the likelihood is they'll already have a nasogastric tube and replace um, any of their uh, aspirate losses over the course of 24 hours in, on a mill-to-mill basis. Um, and that would probably be um, uh, 0.9% saline um, with some, also with some potassium, uh, so the gastric secretions, there, they're losing lots of potassium that way. Um, so you might find that, that, that most, well, you would find majority of babies would have both sets of fluid, will have potassium supplementation in, even if on their initial gas and initial urea and electrolytes that the potassium is normal because mm. they're going to lose that potassium. Yeah, perfect. So we've stabilised the child. Uh, we found after doing multiple blood gases and then uh, basically we're happy that they're ready for uh, the operation. So what does the operation involve? Well, we get to, yes, we get to do surgery now, so that's yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, so we... Um, in Nottingham, we, we do an, an open procedure which, which involves, the, the, the concept hasn't changed for 60, 60 70 years, which is to do what we call a pyloromyotomy and, and split the muscle, or the, the circular muscle, um, to alleviate the gastric outlet obstruction. You can do that uh, laparoscopically, you can do that as an open procedure. Classically, um, an open procedure was done with the right of a quadrant incision. Um, and that's evolved over time. Um, most uh, surgeons now will do a, a semi-curved uh, uh, incision above the umbilicus and, in, and incorporate that into the suture for cosmetic benefit and then deliver the pylorus um, through the incision uh, and, and make a split in the circular thickened muscle. Um, there's a few caveats to to know that, that we you need to do a complete myotomy um, 
in order for the operation to be effective. But if you're a little overzealous in your in your splitting, then you may cause a mucosal perforation, mm. which um, is not disastrous. Um, it's something that can be repaired. Uh, classical teaching again would say that you would repair your myotomy and you would come to a different part of the pylorus and split it somewhere else. In practice, I think that's that that's probably being pushed aside now and, and most people would do a primary repair of the perforation itself and keep the keep the baby nil by mouth for longer mm-hmm. and give the perforation a chance to heal practically speaking stitching up one split in the muscle and doing one somewhere else is not that easy and probably runs a greater risk of, of damage to the structures around where you're working all right and so just as far as the actual uh mastery goes i'm saying you do longitudinal incision then sort of divide the muscle with some forceps or some clips even. There's several different ways you can do it depending on whatever you feel comfortable in the, in the, the instruments you've got at the time. You can uh, you can split it with the handle of the scalpel having scored a line in the, in the, in the muscle. Um, you tend to be um, a little bit more cautious going uh, to the duodenal side of, of the thickened muscle because that's where if you're going to cause a perforation that's generally where it will happen whereas on the antral side or on, on the stomach side when you're making your longitudinal slit, you're a little bit safer there. Um, it's something that we, we do cautiously um, with, with obviously the risk of perforation at the backs of our minds at all times. Mm. Um, children tend to do very well after the surgery, they recover very quickly and you don't see them having problems um, lifelong following the procedure, which is why it's so successful. Yeah, and what would the management plan be after you've done the operation? There's lots of different ways you can you can reinstitute feeds. Assuming you haven't caused any problems with the mucosa or caused the hole, and most people would feed the baby four to six hours after the operation. Um, numerous different protocols have been designed um, in terms of how quickly or how slowly to reintroduce feeds. To be honest, we're guided by the baby generally. Um, if the baby takes a half volume feed and tolerates that, then um, we increase feeds reasonably quickly after that and, and, and wean the IV fluid replacement down mm-hmm. alongside that. The incidence of vomiting after the procedure is high and we do tell parents to expect that, not because we think that we've not done a successful biotomy, but just because uh, the babies are acclimatized into having milk in the stomach and, and things have been a bit... Um, what should we say, hyper, uh, call it a hyperperistaltic activity in the stomach for the for the whole time the, the pyloric obstructions being there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so things do sometimes take a few days to settle down. Most babies you'd expect to, to see fully feeding and home within about 36 to 48 hours. At least. Perfect. Good. So that about wraps it up then. So uh, thank you for your time. Um, no problem. Yeah, I hope that was helpful for everyone listening. And thank you very much. Thank you for listening to another podcast brought to you by School of Surgery. Remember you can follow us on Facebook at School of Surgery, on iTunes, on Podomatic at schoolofsurgery.podomatic.com and finally by searching School of Surgery on YouTube. Thank you very much and see you next time.